Yeah, and um, and so another big point in this book that I do want to get to too is is that you know a lot of people you know and actually Lindsay's had said this on our last podcast a little bit is when you're when you're marketing a product the best way to market a product is to bake the marketing into the product itself if- and just like feeling good you know like having like a little bit of excitement like you know you're trying new things new things are happening in yeah. new environment but yeah change change is coming and change is a good thing. All right, welcome everybody to the Infinite Creative Podcast. My name is Sean, and in person we have Fitzay. Woo! Well, yeah. Well, on this note, I'm like also like Fitz or Michael Christopher Fitzgerald. Just call me Fitz. It makes it easier. Yeah, call him Fitz. I call him Fitz. Um, but yeah, yeah. Welcome everybody. Today we are here in person, and we're going to talk about some interesting stuff. Um, I guess first of all, I wanted to talk about just speaking up and kind of the importance of speaking up Ooh. in situations. Um, you know, our first podcast ever was kind of talking about how Donald Trump, you know, made an airplane, and the the design team never spoke up, right? So he made all these dumb decisions, and then it cost a lot of money because nobody wanted to speak up. Yeah. I, I think that is a valuable lesson that we all have to learn in life because oh, I had that on the other podcast where I'm basically like I should have speaked up and be like hey guys get closer to the mic you know and I have not done that and mm-hmm. that led to so much more like work because afterwards I had to fix it yeah. you know and sometimes like a quick and easy hey fix this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, so yes, yeah, so with clients, you know, it's 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 hard to speak up sometimes because you want people to be happy with you, right? You don't want to like stop the flow, um, and that's something else I kind of want to talk about later in this episode too is flow state. Um, I, I think I brought it up before on the on the podcast, but I really want to dive into it a little bit. But but anyway, to come back to this subject, you know, I think um, you know it's 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 hard to to, to tell a client no, I guess, um, or, or at least it can start to and, until you get practice. So I guess that's kind of my next point too is like I guess it takes practice right yeah practice makes perfect but like how often do you want to tell a client no (laughs) right exactly um because it's tough right if you start to say no more than you say yes i've always learned that that's a good way to turn people off right yeah um so so it's it's a delicate balance right so so how do you handle that i guess when they're they're saying dumb things but you know that half of those dumb things really (sighs) will need to happen how do you handle that I mean, like, first we have to set the stage. Like, who is the client? Um, how desperate do we need them? Um, where are we involved in this stage? Are we, like, the guy who's shooting the shots? Or are we just, like, a wheel on the cock? You know, like, mm-hmm. that is, like, where I'm, like, mm. sometimes I confuse the two. Like, you know, I'm the expert, and I should tell the client what to do because they expect that. Right. But then there's also situations where the client thinks he's the expert and he wants to say what he wants. So, especially in videography, it's, like, you do what the client wants or you do what you want because it's like, you know, you either make art that is like highly specific to you or you sell a product that is highly specific to them. Well, exactly. And I love that you brought that up, that it's it's not all about you, right? Um, I, I've, I've run into that even myself a few times where something doesn't meet my level of quality, but that doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't meet the audience's level of quality, right? Um, I think we've talked about it before yeah. that sometimes things can be too perfect. And so there's that balance, right? Yeah. My, my favorite actually is like when you have like those Instagram accounts and have all those branded, really nicely polished, like, you know, mm-hmm. profiles. And then it's just like, yeah, this is perfect. It's too perfect. This could be like from a bot, you know? And now it's mm-hmm. just like, you need a little bit rough around the edges in a way. Yeah. And I think for me, like I, I'm someone that I, I think is very guilty of trying to control the whole thing, right? I don't like to lose control over stuff. So... 
Um, I, a lot of the times in a project have to kind of be like, it's okay, just let it go. Like sometimes <laughs> things need to be a little rough, right? So there's yeah. a lot of, you know, and for me, I, I, I tell people in me, like if you're ever in a meeting and a client says something, but they're in that flow state again, they're moving, they're loving it. And you don't want to interrupt that is, um, is write it down. Right. Yeah. Uh, so if I have a problem with something you say, I'll, that's when I'll kind of take a note, like, <laughs> and. So if it's really bad, I'll address it later because, you know, if you interrupt that flow state, it's pretty bad, right? When people feel like they can't be creative anymore. Yeah, I feel like also like meetings are like a very weird thing because like on the one side, yes, meetings are kind of needed, but sometimes they're just like, oh, you know, nothing is happening. And I kind of hate that aspect about meetings. And mm -hmm. when you write those things down, it's like, okay, now I have a list and more problems than I had, um, mm -hmm. you know, before, which is kind of annoying. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. And um, yeah, it's, it is interesting, those meetings where you go in with z zero problems and you leave the meeting with all these problems. <laughs> you're just like, oh, I fought with Gucci. Yeah, it's, it's really funny because, yeah, kickstart meetings, like, you know, when you're kicking off a project can be really exciting. You know, it can be like, oh, man, we're really jiving. We're moving a thousand miles per hour. Um, but it's funny, those kickoff meetings where you leave and you're like, oh, we were going to be a thousand miles per hour. But now I feel like I'm going to have to write some emails. I'm going to have to do some phone calls. <laughs> like. Yeah, that, that is like one of the things where it's like, okay, should you actually even speak up on the meeting? You know, that's like another thing. Like, how important is the problem? That is like another thing. Like, um, yeah. having problems, like sometimes it's better to not even mention them. You know, sometimes we can fix them in post. I don't know how that is on the web design, you know, thing yeah. where you can address things later. But I, I personally think like, yeah, not all problems need to be addressed instantly, mm -hmm. you know. You can just fix them in a way, but yeah, sometimes you have to speak up and save like, 100%. oh, yeah. Well, 100%. Yeah. And I mean, I think um, in, you know, in website world, um, it's it's change logs, right? It's it's we, we launch and then we have, you know, an update and another update. It's like video games. You're probably used to that where, like, yeah. uh, you know, every video game has updates, right? It doesn't ever launch perfect either. So in the web design world, it's, it is definitely built in. What can be hard is 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 teaching the client that, you know, that you're interrupting the flow state now, right? Yeah. That's the hardest thing, too, is when you're flowing and the client's like, no, 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 no. No, no, no. And yeah. Before you know it, you're like you're you're having a hard time. Yeah, I think like it's 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 a hard balance to to have. You know, like like I said, like videography is like either art or business, and sometimes it's mixed, so it can be very confusing. Oh yeah. Where it's like, oh, I'm just making a beautiful video that I like, you know, and it's like artistic, and right. or I make a solution based like cookie cutter um, project, and obviously there's a place and time for everything. I don't know how you decide um, where where you have to speak up and where you don't have to speak up. What are, what are you like, okay, what are your non-negotiables where you, you speak up? It's a great point. Um, you know, I think when we're, when we're at that thousand mile view and the way that I, I kind of, cause yet again, you don't want to stop that flow state. You don't want to get them to feel like they have the wrong answers and that they shouldn't speak up. So, so it's when we're having like the high level ideas, right? Like, mm. like let's do this project or let's do this project. Like we need more sales. So let's make a video, for example. Uh, that's when I'll kind of pause them and be like, okay, that's not a bad idea. And I'll, and I'll kind of start with that. Like, we're, I'm not saying no to that idea, but let's entertain some other things. Do we need a video? Would this maybe, maybe be a better like splash page or would this maybe yeah. be a better email? And so I think that's when I'll kind of stop them is when we're at the top of the river. Because as you know, if you let it go then, like it's like a degree off now, but then in about an hour, we're going to be miles away from where we should have been. Yeah, I love that. That's like a really good, um, yeah, 
thing to look out for because like it is easy to do things and get distracted and then be like okay we're going everywhere but actually we're going nowhere <laughs> what is like terrible mm -hmm. and i'm i'm very guilty of that because like i get always like the follows mile view but my view is like we're already there and so we want to get this and this and this done as soon as possible but should mm -hmm. we actually focus first on the one thing and go all the way to the top and then do the next thing that is like um yeah yeah and with that you know i do want to bring up a point too of of allowing the tangents too i've i've had to get better at that mm. as a creator when i was when i was coming out of art school i was very like no let's stay on topic but then I, i did realize that we we lost a lot of the fun ideas then so so it's always about reeling it back which is interesting i'm trying to get better at that right even in these podcasts where we can go off the rails but then can we bring it back to the subject and that's yeah. that's that can sometimes be tough right especially people are really jiving about something brand new and they're really going back and forth and you got to be like the guy that's like all right guys let, let's let's get back to what we were getting we're talking about <laughs> yeah that is actually a good segue to like segues because like you know it's all a balance like how much you do one thing versus the other and our thing is like sometimes you know we get in our flow and we, we ramble um on the podcast so comment down below if you kind of noticed anything or <laughs> if not um let, let us know what's going on but basically Basically, like you get into the, the flow state and it's just like, oh, it's very interesting to talk about that topic. But some mm -hmm. people might be not really deep into it, you know, and it's just mm -hmm. like they're already done with it, you know. So you have to have the with the client specifically we're doing a little bit of that and then we're doing a little bit of that and it's like all balanced yeah yeah and you, and you know what really helps me that i i honestly don't do as well as i used to is kind of having um like a predefined template for these meetings right so i so i have my my minimum questions we need to ask because um sometimes you you, you mm. you'll do this whole meeting and what's so funny is it's the meetings you leave excited and happy sometimes are the worst meetings it's what's weird to say like you get in your car and you're like that went great everyone's happy they're gonna pay the deposit everything's freaking amazing yeah. but, but little do you know you didn't actually get answers to the questions you should have gotten right and so i when i started out i used to have a piece of paper um where it like literally would have the same questions on it you know and they, they could be easy ones like right like timeline um budget um key stakeholders and it, you'd be surprised how many of those you forget to ask when you're in that flow state right you're not asking them like okay who are the people that are reviewing the project right what's the timeline of the project right how are we going to handle get mm. me getting paid you, you, <laughs> well that should be number one on the meaning because you know we don't mess around with that <laughs> <laughs> I'm get, just kidding. Get paid. But yeah, but yeah, so it's like, you know, so I, I actually need to bring that back. I've actually found some client meetings recently where I'm like, oh, I actually have to send them another email because I didn't ask them a question. And as you know, with some CEOs, you only get that meeting. They don't got time to answer the emails after the yeah. meeting. I'm getting used to this now because like with my new client, it's like, Yep, you mm -hmm. get the minimum attention that you, you can get and right. they, they don't mean it bad, but it's just like, well, they don't have time to do 20 bazillion things. And now here you are mm -hmm. trying to cramp everything in a meeting, but you forget it. So a to-do list and a checklist in general, this is a good advice, Sean. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I need to take it. But um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but, you know, so there and, you know, and with that being said, um, one of the important questions I, I would ask in a meeting, too, is, um, you know, if they are busy, if you are talking to the CEO, you know, ask them. Um, who under you can I ask for some of this information? Is there someone that can give me some of this stuff? And you know, and you 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 kind of do it from a place of empathy. I know you're really busy, Fitzay. I know that you're running this whole international company. Is there someone oh. under you? Do you have an assistant? Um, yeah, a couple that, under the table. 
No, I'm just kidding. Oh, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> but like, but you know, so, you know, but like, do you have people under you that, that, that I can talk to? Can I not waste your time? And a lot of the time they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll, you know, they'll call them in or they'll, they'll do something. And I found that that person's the best person. I, yeah. um, I work okay with CEOs, but I work really well with their, their assistants are like the person that's kind of under them. Man, I kind of can see that. Like you're very organized and you're like, you know, like I'm really into like the, oh, systems, processes. And that's where, where I'm slacking. I'm really good with like the CEO coming up ideas because like I like ideas and like what it could be what right. is like very you know vague <laughs> but I mean like it's always like there, there's like you need both you know so it's like mm -hmm. none is like better than the other so it's like kind of rough yeah, it's it's a balance, right? And you know, and you know, in a perfect world, we'd both be in a meeting, right? You'd have that guy, and you'd have both guys, and we wouldn't be talking over each other. And like, you know, I would be able to go in and ask like those things, but then in the corner, you're over there like showing the CEO a new technology that's existing and getting him excited. Um, you know, in agencies, you see that a lot, right? That's why you the creative is different than the project manager, right? Mm. So the project manager is your analytic guy, timeline guy, budget guy, and then the creative is allowed to just have the creative conversations, which Ooh. is really nice. Nice. That brings me to a point that I kind of want to ask, like the people in the comments, comment down below if you notice that if you if a company becomes really big, the creative people will get basically drowned out by all by all the system makers. Like everybody builds mm. the process and systems, and then it's like too corporate, and there's no you know right. flexibility. The Let's try this, you know, and it's just like you get paralyzed by all those systems in place, and right. it kills invention but that's kind of how i feel you know it, it does it does and i think um one thing you'll find a lot in agencies and i'm not sure if this really is unique to when i started working but i feel like it really started to take off once i start once i started working professionally is the idea of uh, the agile methodology so a lot mm. of so a lot of um agencies use an agile type of view when they make teams and so what i what do i mean by that so so the old process like back in you know let's say 60s or 70s in an ad agency was that like we have a client catch-up right you are assigned to that account going forward forever right but what that what they found is then you get people ingrained right and then you're mm -hmm. under the account exec and then he's the one that's guiding all the creative you're not being able to guide the creative so what a lot of agencies do now is they do an agile kind of flow where you work on Heinz for a month and then we're pushing you to another project and so mm -hmm. you never have the exact team you're always you're always moving around and what that allows is First off, the creative never gets bored. You're always doing, you're always keeping your mind fresh on a new project. But also, it'll, it doesn't allow people to get ingrained on top of you. You don't feel like, oh, well, Frank above me is always the account exec and he never lets me talk to the client and this is just how it's going to be going forward. It's like, no, that was on Heinz. Now you're on a different project, different account exec, different client. Mm. And so I feel like that works really well. I, 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 when I started doing that, getting in the workforce, I, I just could feel that it was nice. I'd be on one project and feel really trapped. And then the next week, they'd put me on another project. And I'm like, whew, free. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, like that is really good for the workflow in general, and just like feeling good, you know, like having like a little bit of excitement, like you know, you're trying new things, new things are happening, and yeah. new environment. But yeah, change, change is coming, and change is a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> change. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> Segments, because like I feel like I want to know about the book that you brought out. Tell me about the book because I saw it and I really liked the um, the design and it reminded me of um, Milka, you know, the company in Germany where it's like um, a big chocolate company where they have a purple cow. So oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. So you know, so for everyone out there, um, Seth Godin, I have a few of his books. You know, he's a marketing genius, but Purple Cow is is an amazing book. 
Um, a very simple book. I love I love Seth Godin's books because they're all so small. You could read them on an airplane ride. But what's cool about Purple Cow, I, I would say the, the the entire point of this book is is creating something remarkable, right? And how mm. right now in the internet world, in the world of social media, a lot of us tend to want to follow the trends, right? So right now that's AI, right now that's, you know, it's it's whatever, it's X, Y, and Z where, you know, oh, I saw that on Instagram, now I'm gonna do that. Or, oh, I see this product, I'm gonna go for that product. Yeah. Um, where in this book, he said, you know, Seth Godin's making the point, you know, in a large way that doing something remarkable is not as risky as you may think. That like, hmm. and that, you know, so so for example, like an example he has in the book is, you know, the paint industry. So the paint industry didn't change for hundreds of years. A paint bucket has been the same since 1900 to now. It's hard to, it's hard to, to pour, it's hard to open, it's hard to keep closed. There's all these problems with it. So then there was one um, paint company, I think Maxwell, that was like, you know what? Let's let's change the packaging, right? Because nobody gives a, a crap about the bucket. They just use the bucket to get the paint to the thing. Ooh. So can we make that better? Can we just make that experience better? And then that quadrupled their profits, just making an easy pour can, and that's it. And so it's, it's like, can you make thing can sometimes. you make a part of what you sell remarkable? Is there something you do that can become remarkable? Oh, I, li- I like that because like books have like su- uh, such knowledge and like nuggets sometimes in there. You know, mm-hmm. we we always hear like stuff and. We don't implement it so it's like one thing you you learn something new but like books are like amazing because you find Mm -hmm. those nuggets and it's like oh maybe i just have to package my my video package a little bit different and it's like converting better or maybe i have to change the logo a little bit and Mm -hmm. it pops more or you know all the fancy words (laughs) well and again and it's the things that like a logical thinking person be like oh that's a waste of time like that has nothing to do with the project but it's it's the touch points that really make the difference you know there was this girl that i went to school with um she was this cute like Thai girl and she was she was just this little like you know joy mm. joyful girl and she like mm. did so good at like at creating stuff and she would just beat a, beat us up in the critiques like the teachers loved her stuff tear my stuff off the wall and just like praise her and but but one thing that she did when we would have like a guest come in like a, a famous designer would come in and we'd all be nervous you know we'd all be dressing nice we'd have our business cards ready but you know what she would do she would make an origami thing for that person that they would unfold and it was just like was and it had all these cute little stickers in it and candy like little asian candy and she gave that to every single guest and so she actually got in with these famous designers and now she's like in these amazing agencies and and is it because she's an amazing designer yeah but is is she better than any of us were in the room and maybe but maybe not what what it was was she did something remarkable we're all mm-hmm. sitting there with like a business card a little rectangle piece of paper thinking that's going to be remarkable and she went out of her way to make origami to put all these special things in there and even put the guy's name in there thing and that's yeah. special yeah it's like the little things that go far you know like um we do that with our etsy orders like we have like our online shop you know and we're shipping stuff out mm. the easiest way to get like reviews on etsy is like to do something personable mm. you know so yeah, you basically yeah. just sign shipping label personal with like hand drawn not like printed with like a thank you note mm-hmm. no hand drawn yeah thank you for your purchase thank you for this or mm-hmm. you know because like Right now, we're real people selling real things. 100%. And it's like, we're not at the scale where it's like, okay, we need to ship out 10,000 products, so we should not act like it, you know? Because, like, yeah. that's the other thing, you know? Mm-hmm. If you become too corporate and you don't do the special things, it's planned. 
It is. It's true. I mean, um, it's it's true, and it's it's dry. We live in such a dry world now. Um, I feel like you know everything's Helvetica. Everything is like this very simplistic, modern. Like everyone's trying to be safe. Everyone's trying to be vanilla. Nobody even yeah. and even in the things they say, they don't want to offend you, or they don't want to, you know. So, so one thing I I used to say when I was in the print industry a lot more is. You know, when the first email came out, it was a big deal. When people got their first email, they were like, whoa, I got an email. Now you get an email, you're like, meh, who cares? But it, if I give you a handwritten note, yeah, now it's special. Something that, that lost its value has now come back. I'm like kind of want to push back a little bit on the email part because like I'm I'm noticing like I, I still react really positively to emails you know like now I'm like on Instagram there's messages you know you maybe react to them or you maybe don't but like on the emails I check my emails pretty often oh, and it's like so it's like I think like it's now the real um, messages you know it's like mail letters email is now so official because you use yeah. it for everything that it's like right. i gotta check my emails so it's like i think it's more important than it ever was you know i do want to talk about that for a second because i i like that you're saying that because i feel like when i first met you i don't think you would have said that i think yeah. um you were, you were more message you were like everything's done in messages but i've always felt like emails make it more legitimate i just mm. feel like if you're going to be a client and we're actually going to do something and you're going to spend thousands of dollars to do this it just doesn't it feels weird being written in messages to me and i know it's 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 still just written word but it just doesn't it feels too yeah. casual for me it feels like st stuff's gonna get lost for some reason yeah it's also like when you go to court you don't show the, the dms you're just like you show rather right the emails because it looks a little bit better but hey he said this in chat mm -hmm. let me scroll up there mm -hmm. <laughs> you know it would be like kind of odd um but yeah there's a, there's a formalness to emails and the importantness mm -hmm. so oh 100 so for people out there you know let's say you you just landed a client um, and you know, you're going through the phase where they're signing contracts or doing deposits. I would suggest doing that all through email anytime you can, because that actually holds up in court. You know, I've, I've had problems with people paying and what got them to pay is when they know that I had those emails. You know, I, there was one time sort of recently where the lawyer sent, sent the, 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 the email that they said, yes, I agree to this. This is perfect. Let's move forward. And it's like, it's in an email, man, you yeah. agreed to it. Um, and so that, you know, while it's maybe not as strong as a contract, it's still a written agreement. Yeah, I mean, like, a contract is relative. Like, contracts can be broken if they're wrongly written and whatever. So it's like, a word is word, and especially if it's written down. So use the emails, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's metadata in emails, so you can't really fake it. Now, that's the same, it's the same with uh, social media, too. But I think what's weird about social media is it's, it's a little hidden. You can't, like, you know, unless you're, like, a government agency or the police or something, you can't, like, you know, send an email to Instagram to, to output your conversation with timestamps. They're, yeah. they're not going to do that. Yeah. But, yeah, back to the book. Because, like, um, what, is, book. Yeah, what is another good lesson that you learned from this one? Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, like, all about the nuggets, you know? I, I like watching the YouTube compilations of books where they make a, you know, like, yeah. combine all the key knowledges. And, but it's not the same as if you would read it, you know? If you read it, you you take the information and you process it completely by yourself. Yeah. And you, you spend more time learning about mm -hmm. the topic versus, like, here's, like, 10 facts. You know, they go there in and they're out and that's it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I think one of the terms, you know, and, and by the way, I love this book. And the other thing, I'm going to talk Seth Godin up again because he breaks this down. Um, this book is built into sections. And so there's been times I've only read two pages and be like, you know, what, I really need to sit with that. And I feel like no. I've, I've become more of that reader i used to be someone that's like i just want to read front to back as as quickly as possible now I, i'll literally read two pages and be like 
let that sink in. That was actually yeah. a big that thing. That was deep. <laughs> that was deep. And 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 I got to do stuff, so that's all the reading I can do. But uh, but but one one term in this book that I love that he says is is you want to you who you want to target's the sneezers. And I think obviously we just came out of a pandemic, so I think we can all kind of relate to the idea of like, you know, when you sneeze, you're spreading, you know, yeah. you're spreading your virus. But when positivity <laughs> spreading positivity. Yeah, we're spreading positivity, flowers and rainbows. And, you know, and so when we're marketing, we're trying to do the same thing, right? So a lot of us, when we're trying to market something, we're trying to we're trying to put it in the place everyone else is marketing, right? So if you're looking for a job, you're like, well, let's go on, you know, Indeed, and let's let's apply where everyone else is applying. And then we're going to get surprised when we're not picked, when we're, we're doing everything everyone else is doing. Where what this guy is saying is, you know, you need to find the guy that is the power user, the guy that's passionate about this. Mm. You know, you don't want it. You don't. You don't want an audience that's casually into this. What you want is you want the guy that's Would like do. trying to be on the cutting edge, who's willing to try new things. And not only that, but he's going to sneeze to his friends. He's going to talk about you. He's going to be like, "I just got this product." Like, so there's another example in this where they talk about Krispy Kreme donuts. What does Krispy Kreme donuts do when they go to a new town? Well, they give away a thousand free donuts. And why yeah. do they do that? Because they want you to come. They want you to be excited. You're going to get a free donut, and then what are you going to do? You're going to tell your friend you just got a free donut. I got a flex on the boys. <laughs> it ain't easy. It ain't easy. Um, yeah. Can I can I actually get the book? I'm like, I, I like good books, and I'm just like, okay, um, we should have an Amazon affiliate for this. Oh, here, here's the bookmark in there. And let, let us read, actually, Ideas That Spread. Oh, okay, that's where it came from. The sneezers are a key spreading agent of an antivirus. Hmm. But yeah, so so you know, so so for people out there, you know, for for young creatives that are that are watching this podcast, you know, and you're out there and you're like, dang, how do I get clients? You know, I'm I'm going, I'm you know, I'm going on Indeed or like I'm going to networking events and ooh, getting that that page ASMR. Um, it smells like a book. I love the smell of good books. <laughs> but um, but you know, so so instead, think of like what what can you do to target the sneezers, right? How can, who's the sneezer for you? So for me, I'm a web designer, right? I'm trying to find clients that are kind of um, they're kind of new businesses, right? They don't want to do stuff the way that everyone else has done it. They don't want to just make a boring templated website. They want to, I, I, what I'm looking for is the storytellers. I'm looking for the people that want to do something remarkable. Those are the sneezers. Mm. And, and the cool thing about that is, is once you find that person and you do such a bang up job for them, then they, they will attract other remarkable people. Yeah, we actually talked about it, like finding your cheerleaders because like that's mm. the people who, you know, you do work with them and they, they are just like, oh, tell everybody on Facebook, oh, he was so good. He did mm -hmm. this and oh, thank you for that. And it's like, whoa, you know, there mm -hmm. are the people where you have to double down if you want growth because 100%. they will, you know, they will support you. They will throw um, the, the message out there and you're just like, all you have to do is like your work where other people, they're mm -hmm. just like, thank you for your work. Right. And they're, they're satisfied. Nothing's wrong. But right. they're not the type of person who's like actively going out. And there's like different mm -hmm. people for everything. So it's like so, sometimes it's good to know who are the cheerleaders, who are what are what type of people are around mm -hmm. around you and with who you work. Yeah. And, um, and so another big point in this book that I do want to get to, too, is, is that. You know, a lot of people, you know, and he, actually Lindsay had said this on our last podcast a little bit is when you're when you're marketing a product, the best way to market a product is to bake the marketing into the product itself. If the product sucks, it doesn't matter how good the marketing is. Yeah. So so I've been trying to think about that me as a designer. Right. So like um, so even when we have guests on this podcast, I've kind of talked about how we, I even have a checklist of like, you know, I make sure to say thank you. I make sure to tell those guests when the episodes are on because that's the product we're selling. If the product isn't good, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how our SEO is and all 
all that stuff. Like if it sucks, it sucks. And so, so I think for us, like we always have conversations, this podcast of like, how do we make the podcast better? Cause if yeah. the podcast is better. If the product's better, the marketing almost doesn't even need to be there because it's going to spread on its own. If it's amazing. Oh, we talked about those pictures, you know, if you're like a picture perfect girl, you know, it's really easy to grow because like the product is good, you know, and it's like, like good design. If you're like very pretty, it's really easy to grow on social media. If you're not, then it's like, okay, now you have to compensate with quality. And that's where you're like, okay, now we have to have the checklist. We have to have this. We have to have that, you know. But if you're ultra entertaining, you know, then then you kind of like, you know, that's bonus points. But it's like, it's super hard to do. It is, and, you know, and and we could dive a little bit into that. You know, I think I think it's interesting, the, the kind of... Um the hot girl on Instagram and there's probably hot boys too. It just that kind of the, the look, the visual is so big now, right? Like yeah. if you look like, if you look like a, like an actor and you're, but you're doing something people are attracted, but I think it's a little dangerous though. I, I may be wrong, but I feel like if people come attracted because you're hot, you're like a hot painter. Are they there for the painting? I guess. And that, that is the thing. Like that is the curse that they have. Usually they are not that talented. Like, sorry for throwing shade, but <laughs> it's like, you know, you kind of get lazy because you get everything for free, you know? So it's like, you know, if you don't have to work for it and it's just like, you get it, it doesn't mean that they are bad, but it's like, you will be not on the same level as somebody who is like, has less benefits basically. And they're just like, they have to 100%. push way harder and they have to spend more time where, 100%. you know, it's like, it is a trade off, but if they are smart, then they can compensate for that. But it's like, you know, there's mm-hmm. like, we have so many stats as a person where it's like, you got to focus on your, you know, on your knowledge mm-hmm. so that you just have that. Then you have your entertainment charisma. Right. Then you have like the, the, you know, the skill itself, whatever it is, you right. know, and you, you have to build everything out. But if you, if people come to you just for the looks, they ignore your art, but they, they give you the attention and you mm-hmm. maybe misinterpret that as like, oh, yeah, I'm good. You know, exactly. how do you read the feedback? You can't. You yeah, know? such a great point. Such a great point. I mean, even in this podcast, you've, you've always brought up the really good point of like, don't get stuck in the numbers. The numbers mean almost nothing. Like, yeah. don't don't sit there and think that just because the likes are going up, just because you're getting more comments that that it's actually leading to a better business. It may not be, you know, this you 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 know, you you actually you actually need to turn over stuff you actually need to have stuff work when when you when you get these views you know i think that's the interesting thing you see you know when you have the hot girl or the hot boy and they get they get all this stuff but it's like is it closing though as much as it could right like if you're if you're getting fifty thousand people liking something you should be closing a lot more why not well then it's probably because you're not actually selling the thing you're trying to sell also you need to know how to sell stuff and have stuff uh stuff to sell because that's also like a thing if you're like just like getting Mm -hmm. cloud fame for just like doing modern modern things or you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so it's basically like you get the cloud but you don't have a system in place because you never really had to thought about making a living off that you know so if you kind of entitled for like good upbringing and you have money and it's just like right. now you're running a big account with like not pulling in the money that you could pull in right. because you never was poor you know so it's like yeah. there's like levels of effectiveness you know so it's kind of mm-hmm. good to be in handicapped but it's the long game in a way it is it is the long game i mean so you know I, I i have a friend you know we'll probably have him on the podcast here eventually where he's he's learning to be a developer right and and right now he's a general manager at subway you know so he's just working at subway he gets yelled at at homeless people all day he's just making sandwiches and then at night all night he's learning how to code right yeah and you know and he got discouraged we were just talking last night and he was just like yeah man i just don't know how i'm gonna be i'm gonna you know i'm going into these interviews with people that have four-year degrees and have done all these jobs and i'm like yeah but guess what though half these people have never worked a real job you know they 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 had mom and dad pay for college straight from college went to the office job and they've never made less than 50 grand a year 
but you you're hardcore you know you know what's at stake and i think when people forget what's at stake they they lose that drive and so for any of you guys out there if you're if you don't have a lot of money you don't have you don't have the tech you you, you just live in a place where your creativity isn't really at your fingertips you know just know that you're you're being hardened by that you're becoming yeah. like a really powerful person you're building muscles that that someone in a cushy job just doesn't have so yeah on, on that note i kind of want to jump into because like it, it maybe resonates with a lot of people because like there's different routes that you can go for your career there's like the the safe way go to school you know get your degree and then go from there through like the path that is like kind of predetermined mm. you know but you also can go the other path it's like i'm doing learning by myself and i'm making projects getting paid for projects on unless you need a degree for that type of work you right, know right. there's restrictions for certain things but in art it's pretty free you can be you can create a good art piece but you you have to have projects mm-hmm. and for coding for example i feel like if you worked on a couple of projects they will ignore like oh you you didn't do your four years but you show like oh i did this i did this and i did this yeah and this was like really complicated to do and they are like whoa mm-hmm. how did you do that you're you're nearly hired for that you know a hundred percent you know and that's and that's kind of what i've been telling him is just make more i mean it's really something that you you've helped awaken in me with this podcast of like yeah. just put out the episodes like it's you know we you you've got to just put out more stuff and what's funny is he's already you know he's going to meetups and stuff and he's done more than some of these people that have a four-year degree yeah. where they're like well, oh my god i've had four years and this guy's already kind of ahead of me because he's just doing it he's just and that's and that's kind of what i told him is like if you're ever stuck just spend an hour how fast can you get fast at something then just set up yeah. a website quicker get better at stuff so you're just like fast 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 you know you know it's it's weird i always bring up um space jam and at the very beginning of mm. space jam the movie it shows like a young uh, michael jordan he's a little kid and he's out there like um he's throwing he's shooting hoops out at night at the basket and he's like missing it and and i and, and his dad comes out and he's you know and he gives him kind of a pep talk and but 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 i love that visual of like we all need to be that kid that's just shooting hoops all night, missing, yeah. missing, missing. Oop, I got one. Miss, miss. And yeah. and you gotta grind. I think we're living a time where people don't want to grind. They they want that they want that success quickly. Yeah, and also like it seems like people get the success quickly, but it is like I think like the the best um, example is like the Bobby Altoff girl. You saw her with like the dry comedy and whatever. Yeah, yeah, Bobby Altoff. So, so for anyone out there that is under a podcast rock, you know she's she's interviewed Drake was one of her biggest things, but she's really she's carved through kind of um, a lot of big names in the in the rap world and and Mark Super Cuban, quick. Mark Cuban, and 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 it's interesting because. Um, it seems like she came out of nowhere, but actually yeah. the backstory is she did not really. So there was like some stories where she's like going to the comedy clubs, you know, and then it came out that she's viral on TikTok and, you know, so she did a lot of things beforehand. Yeah. And that is like basically like an amplifier, you know, they're maybe not immediately helping starting a podcast and getting Drake on it. But if like you already have a TikTok following that you built over 10 years or, or not 10 years, but you know yeah. what I mean, over a couple of years. Right. And then you start something new the chances are way higher that like the you know the people who like you for this mm-hmm. accidentally find you over there and it's like whoa you know so yeah. it's like it amplifies whatever you do but it, people will see like on youtube like she just did a podcast <sighs> how did she grow to that size you know and obviously she was not dumb and she had like smart ideas about marketing like there was a interview where she yeah. went through the strategy how she got like drake on it and it's like 
I was like impressed, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bootstrapping. Yeah, I, I, I think maybe it's the same interview I saw, but yeah, I, I thought it was interesting too. Where she, you know, she said, you know, I, I put out money. Wait, I, I made no money on this podcast. I've, she I've, spent money, I've big put, bucks. I put thousands of, but you know, and I, I think people out there would be like, you know, poo poo that because like, well, I don't have money. I can't do that, and, and, and fair. But you know, it's, it's interesting where it shows that you, it's half measures don't work, right? You need to go full in. Are we doing this? Or are we not doing this? And it seems yeah. like she took that like. We're doing this. I'm going to put thousands of dollars on guests and I'm going to get them on the podcast. And I think she's easily made that money back. Yeah. On that note, also like, um, let's say money, because money is like a big one. But how many people actually do a post or actually do share a thing? You know, it's like it is. A, it's mm -hmm. just work, you know, and like or tag a person or ask a person, can you do me a favor? It does not even have to have money involved because right. like we can use that as an excuse. Like she had enough money to do that, you know. But she actually thought about a concept like how do I have a, how do I get a person to share my post or connect me with X, mm -hmm. Y, and Z? And that's kind of what she did really well. And I'm like, right. she she put in the work and she thought about that. And the thinking and actually putting in the work is more important than like what vehicle you use, you know, and using money versus like using favors of a friend, you know. Yeah, and again, I, I kind of want to bring it back to being remarkable. Like, why 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 is her podcast doing well as well? Well, it's because they're awkward and yeah. and they're awkward on purpose like you would think like if you're starting a brand new podcast you would want to be like you know kind of how we are we're like okay well let's try to relate to the guests we'll be formal let's, <laughs> let's let's be really nice to them let's let's make sure this podcast because if there's any awkward times we'll cut those out but no she like she's like definitely like the first one she ever did was with rick glassman which i'm, I'm a pretty big fan of of take your shoes off podcast it's a great podcast and he's a comedian he's done a lot of different stuff and, and it was so great because he does this very deadpan awkwardness and he'll yeah. actually he does this thing where he goes in and out of being serious where you don't know if he's being serious or not and she handled it so well where even throughout it she's like you know this is the second time i've cried in this podcast you know and i'm, I'm you know and you almost see like this passive like argument happening in yeah. this weird way and and it's really cool to kind of see like like she didn't she could have made it you know very um you know very, very safe very normal but she made it awkward and that made it remarkable that made me keep watching <laughs> is that actually now the purple cow is awkwardness you know maybe i mean that was her purple cow she yeah. she did something special something weird unique on the podcast i'm like you could consider that as like you know yeah. instead well, of like doing the great podcast you know she called it a very great podcast and did the opposite let's make it as terrible <laughs> as it is because that's you know yeah yeah and i and, and one part of it that i really i i really like too is when she she asks them for money every single person <laughs> she's like how much money do you have and they're like i don't know i don't really know she's like you don't know how much money you have I, you have a lot why don't you know and they're like okay well i have maybe this much is it like, can i have some and it's like and i just like love that because like like we all kind of think that a little bit when we're when, when if we ever podcast someone who's like super rich they're just like can we, like, can we have some <laughs> like, i mean like it, it's obviously like the thing that you shouldn't do you know because everybody does it but sooner or later because she gets those guests so some of them will be saying like yeah sure yeah yeah well even like you know so she interviewed taiga and so she did it at a zoo i'm yeah. like <laughs> Like, and he's just awkwardly like, uh, and I, I just love that. Like, you know, like don't, don't interview Tyga with like his crew and, and he's no, let's do it in a zoo where he's just like awkwardly like, and if that was like a 35 minute podcast, but I was like blown away by how short that podcast was, but how much was in 35 minutes? Like, yeah, I, I believe it. <laughs> so, you know, so yeah. So anyway, it's, 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 it's that kind of energy of like, you know, if you're going to swing for the fence, swing for the fence, right? Like, like, let's be remarkable. Let's do something crazy. Let's yeah. do something risky. I think it also goes back like experiment, you know, because 
because we talked about that a lot that you have to do the work you know do yeah. some research and innovate you know and innovate right. is like trying new things out and being like all right let's do crazy but if you innovate you're usually like too safe you know and, and we forget that that we're like okay if i edit now a video i maybe do color shift you know or do try this lot or try this mm -hmm. transition instead of like oh now no let's try something crazy you know yeah well i think it's um innovate but what does innovate mean i think that's the thing that changes right i think some people think of innovation as uh, making more perfect and more and and and, and just more safe and yeah maybe innovation is not that maybe innovation is breaking the mold right yeah um so you know i think i know for our podcast we kind of talk about that from time to time of like you know what are what are ways that we can break what we're doing and do something new right yeah. because you know we we haven't quite made it right we definitely we get maybe 100 views on a video on all the platforms combined you know maybe we get like thousands of views a month but we we're still in that place where we're even like you know how do we make this more remarkable how do we yeah, so, so there's always like, you know, um, outliers there where it's like, okay, you do one thing and it works really well, you know, and it's like kind of hard to guess what will perform well. But that's the experiment phase where it's like, okay, we try this, we try that, you know. Right, right. And after you went through that, then the game completely changes. You know, people mm -hmm. don't know how the internet works. You know, they maybe do a post, they maybe do this and it's not working. Right. And all the posts that leads up to like, being consistently viral or successful or figuring something out you have all the back knowledge of the failures you right. know and we're in that failure stage but as soon as the one thing makes click you know then yeah. you're just like oh we already figured all those other things out on the way you know mm -hmm. so it's like then it's like oh success is instant so that's like the, the weird thing on the, the internet because then it pops up everywhere yeah. Yeah. Well, it's consistency. I mean, there's at least a lot of examples of that from 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 Mr. Beast to, to onward of people that, you know, they made videos on YouTube that nobody cared about for years. And, you know, it's that it's that kind of saying that you have to be good daily to be great once. And mm. and I think that there is something to that. Right. That, yeah. that that you have to keep trying to improve the thing, even with no audience, even with nobody caring. You have to just keep keep it moving, keep improving it. Yeah. And, and, and then one day it'll be the thing. And what's funny is the things that have happened in my career that were like the home runs yeah they, they were not there was nothing unique about them it was just like the same thing i'd done a million times but i just happened to do it right at the right time and then it blew up yeah and so that that seems to be the case right is if if you just do it enough eventually one of the and, and you keep innovating like don't just do the same thing yeah. you keep innovating getting better and better it, it, it'll surprise you one day you're like oh oh it's home run yeah oh my god yeah, and it didn't seem like, oh, it came out of nowhere. How how did that happen, you know? And mm -hmm. nobody will pay credit for, like, oh, you did, like, videos for, like, seven, eight years, and you know, or built right. 200 websites or 100, you know, or 50, whatever it is. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, I never saw them. You know, you you will not see them. It's like success is quiet in a way. Yeah, yeah. And and with that being said, too, I, I and this is a little bit more off topic, but we're like and a little unique to the podcasting world is, you know, we live in a time where everyone's becoming a podcaster, right? Like we're, yeah. we're living in a time where it's about to be inundated and very saturated with people um, talking all the time. So, so I think to be remarkable, something I've been talking and thinking about is, you know, viewing things as facets right so you have a podcast but like can you also have other things and it feels like when you have other things and people make those connections right like i watch your podcast but then i just went to your art show and then you just were yeah. over here i feel like that's the strength that's the that that helps everything yeah. 
Yeah, so that is like kind of where I'm like going back into like being broke and like knowing a lot about, you know, using tools correctly because like you can have a podcast and you can get no views, what is most likely for everybody like the the thing that's going to happen, mm-hmm. but what do you do with that? You know, because like if you can show case like, "Oh, we got 50 episodes, so it looks legit," you know. Right. "Oh, we we have guests on, it looks even more legit." Now it's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. sponsors will be like, "Mm, this is pretty dope. I, I want to be on there or I want to host it because they have people on there so they must have x y and z mm-hmm. so that is like the thing like and that is just one way of monetizing it then there's another way is like hey i w- want to invite cool people now i'm bounding with cool people in person you know and right then they later convert into like um paying clients because i had like for example um miss mm-hmm. grand international on my podcast you mm-hmm. know and now she's my client and i'm like now i have to edit for her and i'm just like yeah but that's like that's the long play you know and there's like so many mm-hmm. ways where people are like oh it's saturated it's not saturated you know it's just like nah just do the thing because it is useful if you use it to its full potential you know and that's right. like the thing yeah i mean um if we're talking about people just recording themselves on mics and camera it's saturated but if we talk about people that are trying to create a community of creatives around exactly. them then it's not saturated there's yeah. very few people that are actually doing that well probably yeah so th- so that is like the other thing like there's like it goes really deep like i i have that one thing with my buddy he was like into videography with like performance for fire spinning or whatever mm-hmm. and he's like in that thing is no money you know yeah. and he already figured out like two ways to make money but there's like seven eight other ways to make money and he never really discovered them because he's just like was just disappointed with it and i'm just Mm -hmm. like hey you also could make a youtube channel about this you could make courses about this you could um reach out for sponsors where it's like hey they have the props and you provide them um you can um use them as models they they I could go on, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, with that, I I do want to say to anyone out there, don't forget to brainstorm. I mean, there's times I have to remind myself that, like, where I'm just like, ugh, what's next? It's like, well, put a timer on for two minutes, get a blank piece of paper, and give as many, Mm. many crazy, and get the crazy ones out there. Get anything out of your brain on that piece of paper. You'll be surprised what you write down. There's always an angle. There's always some stuff. Yeah, if engagement's down, you're not getting enough money. You could figure it out. And obviously, you know, I think this all goes without saying, but you kind of got to do love what you're what you're doing too. I think there's a lot of people out there. I've talked to a few in the coding world where I've like asked them like, okay, so you're kind of passionate about coding. They're like, not really. It's just the easiest way to make money. Mm. And I kind of tell them, you're probably not going to make it then. They're like, well, why? <laughs> and I'm like, because the first time- You're you, going to die. Because <laughs> you're going to get slammed. Like, it's just going to happen. Any career path, there's going to be that time. Someone's going to dunk on you and you're going to feel like crap. And if you don't love it, you're going to, that's when you're going to be like, you know what? I could just uh, sell insurance you know so and that's also why i tell people if you're if you're in the creative world to make money that's great but there is career paths where you can make money a lot easier so if you're in this path to make money easier in the wrong path yeah so we like to make our money really hot so <laughs> this is why we're here that's why we're here <laughs> we thought it's easy but actually no <laughs> We are trying to make money with a free podcast, so <laughs> yeah, that is actually also like an interesting concept. Everything nowadays moves into free, you know, like free yeah. ebooks, free courses, free, you know, free podcasts, free knowledge. Everything is free, and right. you know, and it's like how much can you give? And that is like the, the the biggest problem now with that new economy. Even games are free because like they sell you on the back end, somewhere in the funnel. Like, oh yeah, here's actually the free product. You like it? But you want that skin, you know? You want yeah, this, you yeah, want yeah, that. Yeah. So it's like a, it's a weird economy where everything is free, and you have to figure out like uh, how do you make that you know worthwhile. And I, I feel like also like the longer you stick with something, 
the easier it is to find new ways of monetizing it because mm -hmm. you really know who has money, who does not have money, what works, what doesn't work, where is actually the value proposition, but you really have to look out for it and you have to figure, you kind of have to figure it out, you know? But you will not do that on your first gig and be like, oh, this is like a gold mine. If you're lucky, maybe. Maybe, but yeah, pr probably not, right? And, and you know, another fun th funny thing that I, I feel like I keep running into is people give away a lot of um, a lot of free stuff, but it's it's actually really a tiny amount of free stuff with a lot of cushion, right? So, yeah. so we've all seen those videos where it's 10 minutes long, but the real point of the video was really 20 seconds. The good, the good advice was 20 seconds, but yeah. they somehow, the whole point of the video is to get you to watch the whole 10 minutes. And, and for all of you out there, I wouldn't do that if I were you, because I'll tell you what, I, it's like you, you make me fall in love with you for that 10 seconds. And then after three minutes of you just doing a lot of cushion, I fall out of love with you. Mm. So so I, I would say that to people too. Um, and something we can even get better at as well, admittedly, is get to the dang point. Like, what yeah. is the point? Like, give me the value. Well, the podcast in three minutes. The three-minute podcast. The three-minute podcast. <laughs> Uh, which is which is just us doing an awkward intro for three minutes and saying, "Well, that's it, folks. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I, I think we're out. Yikes!" <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So before we go today, I do want to like touch on this, and I think we could do a whole podcast about this. But flow state. I've been saying it so much recently. Uh, um, flow state and getting into flow state. So I guess what does that mean to you, flow state? Uh, that's the thing that I want, but I don't get all the time. You know, it's like me. It's like I'm in procrastinate state till it's do or die, and then I'm like, ah, but. The flow state, I, I had that the, the other day when I was like editing real estate photos and I'm like, okay, I'm just not getting down to it, you know, and I'm just like sitting down. I'm just trying to do it, get distracted because it's kind of boring, you know, mm -hmm. and then I'm basically like, okay, let's play some music on Spotify and it's, I don't need audio. So I'm like, oh, got the 80s playlist and that got me good, you know, I'm Ooh. like, yeah. So I'm just like <laughs> vibing out there to some 80s and I'm just like editing and I'm just in a mood, you know, and I'm like, oh, this is great. Maybe I should try that again, you know, and for photos, it's a cool thing, but for video, it's kind of rough. So that's... The balance, how to get into it. You know, there's cheat codes, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, there is cheat codes. And I think all of us have our own kind of cheat codes for that flow state. You know, I, um, I've um, i been struggling with that for the last year, you know, I um, and, and admittedly, I've started to find that when I leave my home office, I actually can achieve that flow state more. Um, when I have choice, when I have all these things I can go do, it feel like that's the interruptions, right? So doing work at home can be hard because you're like, well, the couch is in the front room or, you know, for you, you, you have your wife in another room you can go talk to and yeah. there's, there's cats to go cuddle and there's things to go do. Um, you know, and I think that's that can be problematic. That's where a co-working space or something like that can be really great because it's a boring room. What else are you going to do here? Everyone's being quiet and working. Are like, what? Do and you they will judge you if you're not working. They're like, what is that guy doing here? A little bit, a little bit. You do feel that because you see people like really kicking butt, and you're like, you know, maybe I should be kicking some butt. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> so and, and I love flow state. Like when I'm painting is a great example of flow state. Uh, I've I've gotten to a place now where I can paint all day without even realizing it. It could literally mm. go twelve hours pass and i'm like oh wow i just painted that whole 12 hours um and so it's like getting that flow state's a very important place i found and um so yeah so for you it seems like music kind of helps that's that's the thing that gets you in that flow state yeah it, it's, it's for me it's like it's more the headphones and the isolation you know mm -hmm. and being like isolated and only have one thing to look at and 
you see this place you know let's look at it there's so much stuff flying around you know this is a german way of saying there's a lot of stuff <laughs> but but i'm like yeah basically i'm like I, if it's not clean i cannot get really into flow state i feel i love that you said that yeah because I'm, i'm i'm finding the same thing um you know even just having a stack of business cards on the desk or something else <sighs> it can really it can really just so yeah i'm the same way i have to kind of clean everything off everything kind of has to be um, kind tunnel of, vision. You got to get. Vision. Yeah, you got to get the tunnel vision. You got to get the headphones on. You got to get like, you know, set the mood where it's like, okay, I don't need to see the phone. You know, the worst thing you can do is like have the phone right next to the computer, where oh, it's like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, I'm like, oh, Super let's do. Bad. Yeah, so it, don't have the phone there. Have like your headphones on. Noise canceling is amazing because it removes like let's say AC dryer or whatever. Right, and then maybe some blue classes you know like to cut the blue light but that's not really needed but yeah. i feel like it builds a habit if you have your setup you know yeah i think you're right you know i i'm someone that did blue gla glasses for the for a while i don't i don't really do them anymore but um but yeah you're right having um having yeah that that kind of thing you know i set up my mouse pad i put on my glasses i put the case away you know all these kind of things you know you set yourself up Yeah, a lot of us that's coffee, I think, you know, I think that's something that, you know, yeah. we we've always had where we're like, okay, well, once I make the cup of coffee, we're we're that's, we're sitting down. That's part of the that's part of the whole flow. And um yeah, so you're right. It's kind of setting what are the things and and one thing that I would also suggest too to people is um setting alarms. Um and then saying, I'm gonna work until that alarm goes off. I think that yeah. when I when I find I don't want to work, when I'm really dragging myself to that computer to do something I, that's when I'll set the alert, the alarm. I'll be like, okay, one hour, but you can't stop working till that that alarm goes oh. off. Yeah, that that is the thing where I have to practice with. Like, I'm currently in my state where I'm like, okay, gotta practice that calendar. You a man does or dies by his calendar or something like that. Yeah, like you, you know. So it's like, um, basically, I'm like my calendar should be stuffed and it's not stuffed and i'm like i'm just reacting and i should not react i should be like calling the shots you know um i watched like a video about kinkido where he's like okay he's scheduling his like 1000 hours you know of mastery or 10,000 hours mm -hmm. if you put them in the calendar you actually achieve the, the mastery in a planned timeline you know what is like a really cool tool to do mm -hmm. like you want to get your drone license that's me kind of i should schedule my time and just no matter what happens do it but yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, and daily, I think, I think the daily thing is a big thing, right? Like when you brush your teeth, you're not thinking about brushing your teeth, right? When you're making your bed, you're not thinking about making your bed. The things you do every day, you know, are, are the things that you stop to think about. So, so it's like for you getting the drone license, a consistent hour at a consistent time every day that you go towards doing that, right? I think that's, that would get you to that flow state because, you know, after the first week, I, I would argue that you wouldn't even, you, that hour would go by so fast. You'd be yeah. like, God, that, I wish I had more time than that. But, but, you know, I think chunking things up like that. So for my painting, you know, so one thing I've, I've done in my creative life, because I, I found that I wasn't painting fast enough. Like the projects were always more important, right? Clients are always more important than these, these side gigs. So, so I've made a rule that every Friday morning I paint. No matter what, really. I mean, if 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 the, if everything's blowing up, maybe I won't. But but it has to take that, right? And so 
so what's really interesting about it is I've created almost this, this thing of excitement about it now. Yeah. And then, and I, and I will say that too, is if you're excited to do something, that flow state is so much easier to reach when you're like excited to do it. You're like, I cannot wait to jump into this. Yeah. You can instantly get to that flow state. It's actually kind of incredible how fast you go to the flow state when you want to mm-hmm. do it. Um, and I think like limiting it can do that too. Right. So if I want to paint and I really love it, you would think, okay, well I'll paint for 10 hours. Well, maybe that, that dampens it where like if I, if I stop at an hour and I'm like, but I still want to do it but it's like nope time's over well now you want yeah. to do it tomorrow even more like the whole thing with the thinking in general is like the more you think the more problems you have you know it's like you overthink then it's like oh should i really do that for 10 hours you know instead of just enjoying the moment i'm like i oh, just draw you know and just like doing the thing and being like in the moment and i feel like we are like so packed with action and things to do that right. we we kind of lost the ability to just let go and be in the moment. And yeah. I feel like that maybe is like the flow state where it's like, okay, just let go. And I'm like, do my thing and I have fun with it, you know, mm-hmm. and do it as long as I feel like. But it's like, no, now you have the phone going on. You have this going on. Right. I got to be there. We got to cook. What do we eat later on? You know, we have those artificial rules that kind of destroy the flow state where it's like, you know, a five-year-old is like, I'm on the computer. I'm playing games, you know. Right. He's not thinking about like, oh, I need to prepare food. I'm gotta need need to go to work and gotta prepare right. this. You know, they the less you think, the better you are in a way, if that makes sense. Uh, no, I, I I agree. I agree. I think um it's it's about like uh kind of lube, lubing the path all the way to a, a, a good a, a good <laughs> remarkable a good remarkable thing. Experience. Right? <laughs> yeah. So uh so you know, so you don't you, you, yeah, so it's it's you know like like I think a lot of people have heard the stories of Steve Jobs, right? Like yeah. he always wore a black turtleneck neck and um and like blue jeans because he didn't want to think too much. He didn't want to ever think about the stuff he's wearing. It, it was just another thing. So a lot of creatives will do that of like eliminate the data. You know, mm. eliminate choice sometimes because you know we all want choice. We all want customization. Maybe when you eliminate that, it actually yeah. frees your brain up for other creativity. Mm, I like that. I mean, that's very powerful. So. But on this note, I feel like we kind of have to say, hey, comment down below how you get into the flow state because flowing ain't easy. Yeah, yeah. And with that being said, you know, we're having a lot more guests. So if um, you want a guest on this podcast, you know, someone who's going to be a great guest for this podcast, uh, please hit us up. You know, um, yeah, we're we're still doing this. We're going to keep doing this, man. Yeah. Also, if you're a sponsor and you want to have your ad displayed, reach out i'm just saying because we got we got banners we got everything going but it's up to you guys <laughs> well anyway thank you everybody for tuning in for another uh, episode and uh, we'll catch you next time yeah have a good one bye